there. Welcome to Football with Grant Wall. Thanks so much for joining me. Today's interview guest is Donald Wine II of the American Outlaws, who's traveling on site to all three U.S. men's national team World Cup qualifiers this week in El Salvador, Nashville, and Honduras. We've had some great guests lately, including Doug McIntyre, Robin Fraser, and Sarah Zadrazil. So check those out. I've also just launched a Substack newsletter for all my writing, including a big feature on Jesse Marsh, and I'll be on the ground for it covering every U.S. Men's World Cup qualifier. You can get a free or paid subscription at grantwall.substack.com. I can't tell you how much I appreciate your support with that. Now, here's my interview with Donald Wine II. Our guest now is Donald Wine II. He's a board member of the American Outlaws, the biggest supporters group of the U.S. national teams. He has 134 caps total for attending U.S. men's and women's games over the years, and he'll be on site at all three U.S. men's World Cup qualifiers over the next week in El Salvador, Nashville, and Honduras. Donald is also the manager of Stars and Stripes FC, including their podcast, and writes for Black and Red United and the Duke Basketball Report. In addition to being part of the World of CONCACAF podcast, you can find him on Twitter at DW. Donald, it's great to see you. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, good to have you. Good to be on, Grant, and, and appreciate you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you in person uh, later this week. We're recording this on Monday and coming out Thursday morning. By that time, you and I will both be in El Salvador for Thursday night's qualifier. What are your plans for travel over the next week to U.S. games? Well, the traveling has been kind of hectic, as as you're aware, because of COVID restrictions both here and abroad, uh, and also just reentry. So the first step was really just getting through all of that and navigating that red tape. Uh, but now that that is just about done, uh, I, I'm ready just to you know get packing and figure out how I'm going to put my life into a suitcase for a week and uh, get ready to go to all these games. I mean, when we're in El Salvador, we'll have events, we'll have a night before party, we'll have a pregame at some sort. Uh, and then Nashville, obviously, will be the big one since it's the home match. Uh, we'll have, again, a night before party at Tailgate, uh, which is a brewery in downtown Nashville. And then we'll also have a tailgate at the stadium uh, prior to the match. So those are our two main things. And then Honduras will do the same thing. We haven't finalized those plans yet uh, because uh, as of today, we still don't have tickets, which is another thing that we've had to navigate uh, <laughs> because of COVID. But uh, we're just rolling with the punches right now. How many people are you expecting uh, on the trips to really all three sites. Obviously, it should be a bigger crowd for the Nashville group. Yeah, so I believe we have about 50 or so going down to El Salvador on Wednesday uh, or for the game on Thursday. And then we will have a, probably a similar amount going to Honduras as well. We've sold about 3,000 tickets for the game in Nashville. So that should be a really good uh, group. Uh, and, and really, that's the really for a lot of people, one of the first times that they're coming back to matches for some people uh, in a quite a long time. We, you know, we had kind of a buildup during the Gold Cup and the Nations League, but this is the real the real deal. And a lot of people are really excited and, and based on the summer, they have every reason to be. So we're expecting that to be a nice little party. Yeah, it's I've always thought that there was a real tourism opportunity and we've seen in recent years now the american outlaws have gotten you know bigger and bigger and and more people are traveling including to away games in concacaf which i've always thought is uh 
kind of a mixture of rough guide and sports fandom and like how would you describe what a trip is like to El Salvador where you're going this week well I'll find out when I get there because it'll be my first time in El Salvador but for for all these games that we're going to abroad it there's nothing like being an away fan and, and being that you know, one of 50 or 100, or, or I'm sure you've been a part of even smaller crowds where there's 10 or 20, and you're walking into a stadium and it's full of people, and every single one of those people are rooting against your team, and you have to be the loud ones uh, for your team. So it's a lot of fun, but the other thing is I love traveling. I love the game of soccer, and this combines the two. I love seeing new cultures, meeting new people, you know, visiting new places that, I mean, soccer's taken me places I would have never thought about visiting and because there was a game there I go okay well let's let's find let's see what this country has to offer and every single time usually the people are very warm welcoming it's just those 90 minutes that they hate us but after that you're <laughs> you're I mean even before that you're you're splitting beers with them you're having food with them you're you're learning about them and and how they grew up learning about their city and it's just a fun time and and also with the Americans that are there you get to become closer with a lot of people because you're not as you're not close with someone until you go into the Azteca with them, uh, or you go into you know Costa Rica, or you go or you go to St. Vincent and you go hey because those times everyone is linked. They're linked to that moment. They're linked to that trip, uh, and it, it guides us through the rest of our lives. Yeah, it's actually my first trip to El Salvador as well. I keep a list of like countries I've been to, and I haven't I added say, a new say. one in a really long time. So I'm excited to to add El Salvador to the list. Uh, and you know, I have my own list of how many caps I've got. You know, it's it's right around yours, maybe slight bit more. But I've been covering this team for twenty some years. Mm -hmm. um, it's just it's a really cool thing. And, and whenever I've traveled to cover away qualifiers, home qualifiers, there's always the American outlaws. And, and like, how big has the group gotten at this point? So we're at 200 chapters, uh, including one in Mexico City and one in London. Uh, so it, what's great is, you know, we have a game coming up in Azteca and we actually can do sort of a home type of setup with with a night before party and, and a pregame involving a host chapter. So uh, that's always great to, to do, and we're looking forward to going back down there. Uh, we're about 20,000 members at this point. We obviously dropped a little bit because of COVID, but our, our growth in the last couple of months with the with the men women and, and, and the women going to the Olympics, our growth has been astronomical over the past few months as people start to get re-engaged and, and re-excited about these teams. I want to hear a little bit about your story. Like, how did you get connected to traveling to, to go to U.S. national team games in the first place? So I didn't go to my first U.S. game until 2008. It was that uh, that really hot game against Argentina at the old Meadowlands when uh, Tim Howard stifled uh, Leo Messi twice on a breakaway. And uh, so I was at that game with one of my best friends from law school. We just kind of, you know, went to the game as fans. We had never been to a game before. We're like, let's do it. And at the end of the game, it starts pouring rain. And I, we're sitting in the sideline and we look over the end zone and we see a group of people just going absolutely crazy in the end zone. And I go, I don't know who those people are, but next time we're sitting with them because that looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> And looked up, and it was the American Outlaws and Sam's Army, and I was like, I'll just join both and see what happens. And uh, the American Outlaws sent me a nice little care package with a membership shirt and said, welcome to the family. 
and that was all it took. And, and you know, a few months later, they the team came to DC, and that was when I bought my first ticket uh, in the AO section. And it's been great ever since because, again, I'm combining two things I love: soccer and travel. Getting to see the world, getting to see this country, and going to a lot of cities, meeting new folks, and just taking in that. The, the AO family thing is real. We really have become a family. We vacation together. We hang out together. Uh, whenever I'm in a city, I make sure I call them up. It, it just so happened I was stranded in Charlotte uh, a couple nights ago on a layover. And the first thing I did was call up a couple people uh, from AO. And they took me in and, and showed me a good time while I was, you know, going through, you know, travel nightmares. So that's what it's about. And that's what it's become. And what's great is that each day, each match, it gets bigger. You meet new people. It's like a family reunion every single time you go to a match. And you've been to World Cups, right? Uh, men's and women's? Men's and women's. I've been to one men and two women's World Cups. Um, I'm undefeated for the women. So 2023, uh, everyone in Australia and New Zealand, look out. I'm still I'm planning on being there the whole month because uh, I got to keep the streak alive. And which of the men's World Cups did you go to? I went to the one in 2014 in Brazil for the uh, group stage. Okay. I guess one question people might have who are, are hearing this and, and it sounds interesting to them, they might, one question is safety, especially when you're traveling in maybe Central America, Mexico or, or wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you deal with that? I mean, you just be vigilant, you be careful and you stay as a group. I mean, the great thing is you, when you're with people, you, they know, you know you have their back and they have yours, you're going to be as safe as possible and you're not going to get into anything stupid. You're not going to venture down, you know, blocks that you probably shouldn't. But really also it's the locals that are helping us. The locals are saying, hey, go to this place. It's really cool. Stay away from this, you know, this part of town or stay away from this group. And and you're learning as you go. But at the same time, I've never felt unsafe in any of these countries that I've been to because we're always together. We're always with people. And even when it's a situation, and I know you've had some experiences where you get to a place and they're basically saying, don't leave the hotel. Um, you can't go outside after dark. You can't go here after dark. So after eight o'clock, they lock everything down. But even then you still feel safe because you're with your people. You know you have security and you know you have people who are around you that are going to be make sure you're safe. So it's always a question, but you have the same questions when you go to some places in the United States, right? So it's, it's just about being with people that you know are going to take care of you and have your back. And also just to be conscious of where you are learn learn and read up and make sure you are ready and prepared as if you were going to you know somewhere else that you're very familiar with how much does the american outlaws do when it comes to organizing stuff around travel so we try to make it as affordable as possible for everyone to go to matches and we can't make things free uh unfortunately otherwise we would have done it by now we would have figured that code out but Really what it is is about making sure that we can get as many people to matches as possible. That's advocating for cheaper tickets. That's advocating for, uh, you know, making sure that they have bigger stadiums or, or, or bigger allotments of, of cheap tickets so that fans can take advantage of that. We help them with travel. We have discounts on uh, airlines, hotel blocks, uh, even rental cars, which is really a big deal right now because the rental car market uh, has just skyrocketed since, you know, people started going back outside. So we even allow for that parking at airports so that you don't have to worry about paying $20 a day for parking. We have a, you know, a group deal where you can get, you know, $3 a day parking in some cities. So all of those things work out where we want to make it where a family of four can feel like they can go to a match. And really 
honestly, the biggest thing is we hear a lot about people who can't afford the games in their own city. And that's where we try to help out with the cheaper tickets, making accommodations for people who are traveling, but also making it so that we can ensure that you don't get to go. You don't miss out on the game because of price. It may be because you have to work or some other thing, but we try to make it where price isn't the determining factor. Uh, and that's always something we're struggling with. And we work with U.S. soccer hand in hand to, to make sure that happens. And they've been uh, great with that. But. That is our deal. We want to make sure that everyone gets to experience what we get to experience because we know how fun it is. And it's even more fun when more people are involved. And then is there always a night before party and the night before the game? Yes, that is one of our staples. It's kind of how AO was founded uh, back in 2006 when the founders went to uh, the World Cup in Germany. They were looking for a night before party and couldn't find one. So they said that's something that has to be at the centerpiece of what we do to welcome everyone in. And that's where our host chapters are so awesome. They come in and they welcome everyone in their own little ways. Uh, some have traditions that they uh, give to everyone else. Some have other ways to welcome people. Uh, but it's the one place where people can meet others from around the country who are there for the same thing they are uh, and to enjoy the city that they're in. And I know that Mexico away is not part of this window of games, but I have always said to people if you have a bucket list and you're a soccer fan, you need to go to a World Cup qualifier between the U.S. and Mexico in Mexico City. What's it like? It's amazing. It's incredible. <laughs> um, a lot of people will have this this conception that, you know, you know, Mexico fans hate us all the time. They are one of the most nicest group of people you will ever meet in your life until you enter Azteca Stadium. And then it's ruthless. But it is Absolutely, it, one of the things that everyone who is a soccer fan must do, and I don't say just U.S. soccer fan, I don't say just Mexico soccer fan, any soccer fan, that is one of the biggest matches in the world. And unfortunately, because of the expanding World Cup, this cycle might be the last time we have that guaranteed for us to do. So uh, we're going to be hosting in 2026 and 2030. They're probably going to do it where they split us up into a couple of groups and separate us. So we won't have this opportunity for a long time. So I stress to you, if you can have the means and you pick one away trip, Mexico away, that's the one you want to do uh, in March, because that is going to be an absolute just, and honestly, it could be where one or two of those teams could be still fighting for a World Cup spot. It's, it's very possible we've had that happen before. And we want to make sure that we're turning that into a party uh, and making sure that we're clinching or have already clinched by then so that we can go ahead and enjoy our time there. It's absolutely incredible to, to go to a qualifier against the U.S. and Mexico City. I would highly recommend it to anyone listening. Um, one question I had, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. So back in 2016, mm -hmm. uh, the U.S. played Mexico in a qualifier in Columbus and this was like three days after Donald Trump won the election. And am I right in remembering that members of the American outlaws sort of sought out Mexico fans outside the stadium to sort of say, hey, you're welcome here. Uh, you know, it, it's a weird time, but like, you know, we're happy you're here. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, they were coming up to us too. Um, and I'll still, I even recall when we went down there in June of 2017 for the away trip at Azteca, there was a group of Mexico fans who started chanting Donald Trump, Donald Trump, and their fans shut them down saying, no, these guys are great. These guys are not a part of this problem. We are on the same boat. We are just enemies when we go inside the stadium, but 
right now we're welcoming them just like they welcomed us and i could it, we had conversations with them as we were waiting through security and they're like hey don't worry about those guys you guys are are welcome here we just hope your team loses and that's that's kind of the the brotherhood where like even with other countries right when they come in and they start talking to us a lot of times as Mexico fans say no 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 that's our job we get to do that you don't you don't get to do that so that game was weird on a lot of levels uh and and the loss didn't help for a lot of people but I will say before the game, there was a lot of breaking bread between uh, between the two fan bases and a lot of hugging and pictures and you know sharing of drinks. And it was a it was a camaraderie that we haven't seen in this rivalry in quite a while. Um, and, and I think that was a beautiful moment that came from what was an otherwise pretty dark time for a lot of us. Yeah, no, I definitely remember that. So thanks for explaining and sharing a little bit. Um, what are some of your craziest and most memorable stories following the U.S. team since you've been doing this? So I'll tell a good story. It is of the most beautiful place on earth. And it was a place that I would never have visited if I wasn't following this team. And it was at the World Cup in Brazil. We took a side trip to Fernando de Noronha, which I don't know if you guys were ever able to get down to that island. It is literally the most beautiful place on earth rated by everyone three of the three of their five beaches are listed in the top five in the world and they ain't four or five so we sort of took we like we went to a couple of them and then we said oh, we're, gonna, we're gonna do the best one you have to basically go down this little cliff uh, about 300 feet and walk down this like draw bridge or like straw bridge or whatever and you're kind of walking around you finally enter this beach we look at one side and the cliff has a waterfall and our tour guide that was with us said you guys are lucky. Uh, we don't get that waterfall, but maybe one or two days a year. And as you turn around, it was about the sun was basically in its in its twilight, and we're standing on this beach looking at this waterfall. Then turn around looking at the sun, and one of my friends goes, "Guys, I can't believe the soccer brought us here." And it was just one of those moments where I, I always think back, and that will be one of the highlights of my life to be on that beach. And that's something that soccer really gave me and it's you know, one of the things where there's a lot of fun moments there's a lot of moments that will make your spine tingle but there was that and a lot of those whatever whatever moments those are soccer made that happen and following this team made that happen and if i wasn't so diehard or crazy about this team i wouldn't have been able to experience that that's really cool i would love to get to uh fernando fernando neuronia is that what it is fernando de neuronia yeah okay. it's uh it's an island about an hour off the coast of natal which is where we were based for that world cup because we had uh matches in that area so it made it where again the stars aligned if we were in any part of brazil we probably wouldn't have made it there uh, but we were at a place where one of the two flights a day was leaving from our airport so we're like we have to take advantage of this so again Sometimes the stars just align in, in weird ways and, and make it so that things are possible. Uh, and another question people are going to have is how expensive does it get? <laughs> very. <laughs> um, you have to be very, I mean, a lot of people, look, I'm single. I don't have, a, I don't have kids. I don't have a, a spouse. So I don't have, I can look in the mirror and consult myself about some of these trips or just look at my own schedule, which is as busy it is. A lot of times if it's a trip that I'm interested in doing, I'll try to make the time to do it. And really, it's about time. So, I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, you have find the time to go to all these games. That is the most difficult thing in the world, to find the time to go to all these games. I know you're traveling all over the place, and it's not just where you're just like, okay, well, I'm just doing this. You have to be super organized. And if things don't get done, 
then, you know, I mean, for this week, I'm taking my work on the road with me because mm -hmm. there's no way I can do two weeks worth of work in 24 hours so that I can leave for nine days. So those, that sort of thing. But the expenses are what, again, we try to work with people to try and bring that down with cheaper tickets, cheaper flights. But we want to make it where families are able to do it. And instead of saying, okay, well, the husband or the wife gets to go, they get to bring their kids too. And we've seen that a lot. And I think that's where that's where we work hard is we want to make it so that more of that is possible instead of all four of them having to forego the trip because it was too expensive. The other thing is just, yeah, how do you have the time? So you're you're a lawyer. You, I mentioned all of the different media sites you're involved in in the introduction. Mm -hmm. um, that works, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, the great thing is uh, I was trained for the pandemic because a lot of that stuff is remote. Um, you know, I, I can operate a lot of that outside of my apartment and take it on the road with me. So um, as long as this here laptop doesn't break down, then I can get my work done. And honestly, there's game, there's game days where I'll wake up and, you know, one of my friends will wake up and we're just doing work in the morning because we know we have to get something done before the hecticness kind of builds up. And we'll just wake up at 7 a.m. and get the work done that we need to do so that we can go ahead and, and work on the fun stuff. So it, it, it means long nights. It means, you know, weird hours and working on planes and stuff like that. But however I have to get it done, I'll get it done. Just wanted to wrap up by asking you, if people are curious about traveling to U.S. national team games, how should they go about looking into it and learning? Yeah. So the first thing is do a lot of research. And especially now, that's very important because each uh, country that we're going to have different re you know restrictions or unrestrictions. If you're vaccinated, unvaccinated, whatever that is. Uh, they're going to have you do certain things. So you have to read up on that. The great place to go is the State Department. The Each embassy will tell you exactly what Americans need to do to enter the country or if it's even possible at the time. Also, stay tuned to the American Outlaws. Becoming a member is the first is the first step because we will have a lot of member exclusive things like access to tickets uh, for these upcoming games and as well as packages for some of these trips as we start putting this together. I know we're planning on one for Mexico was uh, of course, but also Jamaica, but we also have hotel rooms and, and discounts for all of these games so that you can make your reservations now and not have to worry about the hotel because the hotel's taken care of. Now I have to worry about the flight discount because we may have codes for it. So we're working on that. I strongly urge you, if you're interested in becoming a member of the American Outlaws, come and you're in Nashville on this weekend, come find me at the tailgate. We'll talk to you about it. We'll we'll tell you about all the benefits and, and hopefully you and your friends and your family will want to sign up and learn more uh, about these road trips. Donald Wine II is a board member of the American Outlaws, the biggest supporters group of the U.S. national teams. He has 134 caps total, soon to be 137 uh, for attending U.S. men's and women's games over the years. He'll be on site at all three U.S. men's World Cup qualifiers over the next week. Donald, great to talk to you. Thanks so much for coming on the show and travel safe. You too, man. I'll see you down there. It's going to be a good week. Thanks for listening to Football with Grant Wall. I'd like to thank Donald Wine II, as well as producer Chris Whittingham. If you like the podcast, you could do me a huge favor and hit that subscribe button and provide a rating and a review. Be safe, everyone. See you next time. 